You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 401. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 401. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, pod people, Amy here, and I am super pumped to be starting off and kicking off a series all about manifesting your soulmate. So a couple of things that I want to talk about just off the bat. First of all, you do not have to be single in order to benefit from this series. A lot of the concepts and the principles that I'm going to be talking about and that our guest experts are going to be talking about are hugely applicable to all sorts of relationships. So if you find yourself really wanting to manifest rich friendships, for example, this will definitely help you do that. And I've also talked to people who are unhappy in their current partnership and they want more clarity around do should I stay and work things out or are we disconnected in ways that are too big to work through? So I have absolutely given some of the assignments and the practices and stuff that I'm going to share with you in the next two episodes in particular to people who are in partnerships so that it can aid in gaining a little bit more clarity around where things might be going awry and if if it's worth working on or not. So I want you to keep a open mind. I'm hoping that you clicked on this episode, even if you're not totally and completely ready to manifest your soulmate, because there will be a lot of principles that will be helpful to you no matter what, even just thinking about who you are and how you want to show up in the world. So stay tuned for a handful of episodes. We're going to be doing four around manifesting a soulmate. I'm going to be talking about a two-part method that I've curated over the last decade to help you do that, to really get into action. And then I'm going to have two different guest experts, one who is going to be talking about what it looks like to create the love and relationship that you are looking for from a very scientific standpoint. And then I'm also going to be talking to another hypnotherapist who works in the field of manifestation quite prominently. So you'll want to hang out with us over this series because, again, like I said, that applies to every damn thing in our life. And we'll we'll talk about this a lot more next week. But as it pertains to manifestation, there are a lot of things that we can do in our day in and day out life to manifest other things like the career of your dreams or money or whatever else it might be, rich friendships or positive experiences in 
a hobby or an endeavor that you're interested in pursuing. So just know that this does not have to be directly through that lens of an intimate partnership. So this week, I'm going to be taking you through an exercise that I like to call the soulmate factory exercise. And I have also created a, oh, wait, I think I, oh, here it is. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. That is correct. I have a free shit alert for all of you. I hope this is really helpful for you. And it is a sort of a workbook of sorts to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish through this episode and next episode. So you can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 401, which is the show notes page for this episode, and you'll see an opportunity. Just click on that button, and we will send you this workbook directly to your email. And we're going to be covering off the first portion, which is the Soulmate Factory exercise piece this week. And then next week, we're going to be talking specifically about the manifestation process and how to layer that around manifesting a soulmate in particular. Now, of course, as always, you can simply listen if you would like, but I will say that there is something really magical that happens when you take pen to paper. It it actually has to do with your idiomotor response. If you checked out my handwriting analysis episode that I did uh, a bit ago, that really helps cement into the subconscious mind the things that you want to create and bring into existence, when you actually bring it out of your head and onto paper, it creates more of an energetic flow where it's highly more likely that you will bring into your life what you're looking to bring into your life. So I'm not going to go into that tremendously. But I will say, if you listen to this and you haven't gotten your worksheets yet, please go over and get that and commit to jotting this stuff down. I will also tell you that over the course of my 12, 13 years doing this work, I have given this to so many different clients And I have been invited to so many fucking weddings over the years. I've even officiated a few of them. And it is very, very possible to create what you want in your life. And there are some very simple steps. Now, even though it is simple, it's not necessarily easy. So there will be things that we talk about next week that may be a little bit challenging. Simple, yes, but keep in mind that it's going to be different for everybody. But again, the people who I have seen really commit to this process, really write them down, not just thinking, okay, yeah, no, Amy, I know what I want, or yeah, no, I have an idea. No, it's good. It's good. Those are the people who tend to stay in this wishy-washy place because here's what I see a lot of times. Because of how we are raised, because of what we have seen modeled for us as far as relationships go or what we've seen in the media, we don't have a real solid understanding of how to create and attract the love that we genuinely want in our life. And 
from a psychological standpoint, we know that a lot of times without knowing it on a subconscious level or unconscious even, we will search out partners to heal the wounds that we've experienced as children. And if you had a utopian, beautiful upbringing, then that might mean that love is very easy for you. However, a majority a majority of us are have battled various levels of relational trauma with our family of origin, which has made it so challenging to go out into the world and manifest love in a healthy and powerful way. So I say that because I want you to understand that if you have all of these relationship follies and these intimate issues that have arisen for you, congratulations, you are not alone. A majority of re- of marriages end in divorce. We know that. In fact, if you look around your sphere of influence, it is likely that you don't know very many truly, genuinely happy couples who've been together long term. And in fact, one of the reasons why I decided to do this series, which I I did about four years ago, and I thought, okay, it's time to renew this. And the reason I did it to begin with was because a listener had reached out and said, how the hell do I manifest a Mr. Smith? This is what I want. I don't want something that I just have to settle for. I want somebody who I am soulfully and viscerally connected to who I can be best friends with, who I can have a great time with. And I'll be honest, I look around and it doesn't seem to fucking exist. And I personally theorize that there are a lot of reasons for that. But what I want you to know, and I hope that you have seen Mr. Smith and I embody in the show, is that it does exist. It is possible. And it does take a pretty decent amount of vulnerability on your behalf. And we're not always ready to do that. So in the spirit of vulnerability, I want to share with you a Soulmate Factory exercise to help you get into the framework of this is what I want to attract. All right. Now, before we jump into this exercise, which you will see depicted on the first handful of pages in your workbook, I want to mention two things. Number one, inner critic is not allowed. Politely excuse your inner critic to peace the fuck out, okay? Because what I see happen for so many people is they think that they are being needy or asking for too much. In fact, I saw a meme not too long ago that I thought was so brilliant that said, when did we decide that being needy was a bad thing? Having needs is a part of the human existence. If we look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we all are built with the desire and the need to commune with others. We have a belonging need. We have a self-esteem need. We are all needy. We need to not make this such a negative thing. But I also see that those who identify as women in our culture, and who are typically in hetero relationships, tend to feel like they want too much, that they are asking for too much. And so we diminish and we take on potential. We take on projects. We go, oh, I can change her. I can change him. And we take on things 
instead of being really intentional about what we do and don't want and what we will and will not tolerate. And we also get it from the outside, right? We hear from other people in our lives saying, you're being too picky. You demand too much. Now, sometimes we are self-sabotaging, and that's a completely different story. But what I want to really underline here is as we go through this, this is your fucking fantasy. This is not about having an inner critic jumping in telling you you're demanding too much. So there's a very specific purpose to this exercise, which I will elaborate on towards the end. I'll also recommend that you really spend thoughtful time with this, that you don't just rattle things off that you think are sexy qualities or that everybody should want in a person. I want it to truly be of your heart, and I want it to be your desires, not something your family wants for you, not something that an uh, old flame told you you should want or that you need somebody to keep you in line or whatever. I want this to be about your genuine desires of your heart. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into the soulmate factory. Now, the idea behind this concept is that we are essentially putting in an order with the universe. We are saying, hey, universe, in the spirit of asking for what we want, because we need to be asking for what we fucking want, I'm going to tell you explicitly what I would love to find in a partner. All right? Whereas putting in the order with the universe And next week, we're going to talk about your distinct role in what that looks like. But this week is about the actual order. What is it that I want? So we're going to break this down into four different rooms. So imagine that you're walking into the soulmate factory and, you know, maybe it's something kind of like when you go into a showroom where you can buy new things for your home Or, you know, here's the kitchens over here, and then over here are ways that you can rearrange all of the bathrooms in your home, right? Like this huge, huge room. But I want you to imagine that it's actually about you picking out, instead of tiles or fixtures, we're picking out physical qualities of a person, okay? So the first room of the four is going to be the physical room. This is where you identify all of the physical characteristics that are your ideal. And this gets to be as elaborate as you want. If you have very specific things that you like as far as boob size or, you know, dick size or whatever it might be, you are allowed to have those physical qualities that you are attracted to. If there are certain height requirements or, you know, body shape that you find really attractive, you are allowed to want those things, okay? So these, this is where you spell out in that room, these are the physical characteristics. Now, that can be as superficial or as, or as vapid or as ridiculous as you want, or it can be really realistic. It's up to you. 
But I think if we're going to go big, let's fucking go big. And if it's a fantasy, let's allow it to be our fantasy. You are allowed to like what you like. The second room that you are going to go into is the room that is based off of character. This is where you are going to decide on all of the character traits that you want this person to embody. These are the things that they value. This is the the fuel in the engine of this person, of who they are. Think about things like generosity, about honesty, integrity. This is also going to be how they treat others. This is probably going to be their spiritual stance, how they perceive politics, how they perceive social injustice. All of those sorts of things will be in the character category. Character also makes up how they respond to others. So in as a character trait, are they somebody who loves interacting with children? There could be characteristics in there of they are a family-oriented human, or maybe they're not, right? Maybe you've always been super independent. So character traits are all the possible ways you could describe this person, with the only caveat being we're not focusing on the physical, obviously, because that's done in the other room of the warehouse, of this soulmate factory. So the idea behind all of this is almost like you had, you go into this this factory and in this one room, you have all of these different types of bodies and skin tones and hair and all of those things. And you're able to say, I'll take this one. I'll take that one. I'll take this one. And then the same is true. You walk into this room about character traits and you'll go, okay, I want some generosity. I definitely want uh, a feminist. I definitely want someone who's ready to fight against racism and oppression. I want somebody who's a family person. I want somebody who wants children or doesn't want children, right? It's all the character pieces of who that is. So it's almost like you would be sorting through a file system or like when you pick out paint swatches, it's like, hmm, look at all of the array of integrity and honesty and and compassion and being open. This is going to be your communication pieces too. Are they someone who searches out personal development? Do they constantly like learning and education? What is their drive like? Are they ambitious? Are they thrifty? Are they stable and secure? Are they spontaneous? Do they like adventure? What what are all of the components of that human? Now, you can also use your past experiences with other relationships to aid in what has now been illuminated as very important to you. So for example, if you've dated somebody in the past who maybe didn't understand a lot of the social justice movement or who did make racist comments, that may be really illuminating to you to go, okay, I know I cannot be with somebody like that. I need to be with somebody who cares about equity and equality for all people and learning our role in that society and how we can fight against systems of oppression. 
So that could be something that's really important to you. Now, you could have also dated somebody or grew up with parents who had certain traits that were really amazing, even though the relationship ended up not working out or maybe you've distanced yourself from that family member. But there were certain things about them that you genuinely, truly loved, like their sense of adventure or how funny they were or how good they were at you know, movie lines or impersonations or something like that, right? So feel free to use your past experiences to illuminate now at this stage in your life what you do and don't want. So you'll see a section in your worksheets where you can start writing and brainstorming all of these different things that you would pick out in these various rooms, The character room two, I might add, is where you would put love language stuff. So if you are someone who really needs words of affirmation, you need to be told by your partner how beautiful you are or how much you mean to them or how proud they are of you. That goes in the character room. That's their communication. It's how they express things. If you are more of an acts of service or gifts, or quality time, or what, whatever your love language might be, it may not necessarily be that your partner is exactly your match, because oftentimes that's not the case. But I know for myself and Mr. Smith, we kind of both lean toward the quality time. And so we have that one very much in common. And then he's a little heavier on the acts of service. And I was always extremely heavy on the words of affirmation. As I've gotten older and as our relationship has grown and changed, I've started to lean a little bit more into the acts of service as well, where the way that we show love has changed. But in the beginning, oh my God, yes, I was absolutely all about the words of affirmation So you have to think about those things too, and that would go in this particular room, the character room. The next room that you're going to go into is your life together. This is you and this other individual and looking at how would our life be? What are the things that we would do together? So for example, if one of the character traits that you are really attracted to is a sense of adventure or spontaneity, then the things that you might do together may be highly adventurous. Do you want to travel? Do you want to take classes and learn and grow together? Do you want to have a rich social circle where you are constantly going out together all the time? Would you rather be a Netflix and chill or Netflix and veg out type of couple? Do you want anybody else to be a participant in the relationship? Are you interested in polyamory or swinger lifestyle or open relationships? What are the things that you want as far as what the two of you do in your relationship? Do you want somebody who is sexually adventurous, right? Where where does that fall as far as the things that we do together? Start thinking about your day in and day out life. Do you want a partnership where you frequently move, where we don't really put down roots. We love to travel and maybe we'll live 
in another country for a few years and then we'll live in in another part of the states for a few years. Do you want your life to be revolving around career changes? Will you be raising children together? Will you be raising children close to other people who can support that? Or will it be like the two of you against the world? What are some of the things that bring you a lot of fulfillment now that you would want somebody else to do that with? Would you go hiking together? Would you be really into plants and cultivating gardens together? Would you love to do house projects? What and, and again, this can be one of those things that's very illuminated from past experiences, right? If you were in a partnership where you loved to go out and you loved to dance and be social and you really, really wished that you had a partner who loved to do that as well and it really impacted you to have a partner who was great but didn't love to go out, wasn't super social, didn't love to dance, and they certainly didn't care if you did, and you may do, and you went out and you had a great time, but you truly wanted somebody who you could share that with. That goes on the list. Remember, it's like you are in that factory and you get to choose from all all of the possibilities. These are the things that I want to manifest in my life. All right. So we've got physical, we've got character, and we've got our life together. Now the final room, the final room is about you being the person you want to attract. The final room is about who you intend to be inside of the relationship. So often we think that my happiness will relies on this other person being incredible to me, what they can give me, how they can support me, how they can tell me I'm beautiful all the time. We really have no shortage of our society talking about what we can get from one another and how somebody else will fulfill us or complete us. And we don't often talk about who we need to be in order to match that person energetically. How do we need to communicate? How do we need to support them? How do we need to hear them? How do we need to make sure that they feel seen? How do we want to deal with conflict? How do we want to show up in a way that's maybe different than our past relationships? This is incredibly important. How do you want to maintain your character? If there is a difference in love languages, let's say, how do you want to approach that? What would thoughtful communication look like or sound like to you? If you are demanding that somebody takes their health extremely seriously, what does that mean for you? What does that mean if your partner thinks that you might be drinking a little too much? Does that mean you get to demand that they go to the gym five days a week, but you're just going to drink every damn night? Right? So we, you have to think about, am I requesting and I, am I asking for things that I'm not willing to be? 
That's a massive message to the universe. If I am demanding the respect, am I willing to be respectful? If I am demanding thoughtful communication, am I willing to thoughtfully communicate? So think about that. Who do you intend to be inside of this relationship? And this can also be as it relates to the things that you do together. What's the active role? Is it a partnership? Is it that they plan everything? That it's their career that has you moving all over the place or not? Or creating stability? Or the adventure? Like where does that – where's your role in the matter? And this is a piece of ownership and a, a method of rec- reciprocity and telling the universe like, listen, I'm ready to show the fuck up. I am going to be a catch so that I can attract a catch. So here's what this whole process does. It makes you stand behind that, that I am a motherfucking catch. And I am willing to be all of these things. And because of that, I'm not going to tolerate somebody who isn't honest or who doesn't care about the things that I hold dear, who has a different core value system than I do. Here's what I want you to do when you are done with your four rooms. I want you to go back with all of these things that you've been super fantastic about. You've been over the top. You've, you've asked for everything to be as supreme as possible. I want you to go back through all Three rooms in particular, not necessarily the fourth room of who I intend to be, but I want you to go through those three and I want you to star or put a little asterisk by anything that is a total deal breaker for you. For example, perhaps it is a total deal breaker for you if they want children and you don't. It's a total deal breaker for you if they are not vegan and you are. It is a deal breaker for you if they have a different political affiliation or religious affiliation or if they are a smoker or whatever it might be. It is mandatory that you are clear on the things that are non-negotiable for you. If somebody has blatant racist tendencies, I can tell you, for me, that is a hard pass. That's not even a second text. I'm done. Goodbye. Done. So you might want to think about, as it relates to that, what are your deal breakers? What are your non-negotiables? You're going to star these. Now, here's what this does. Because I had a client, gosh, probably like 10 years ago, who said, Okay, if I have this big fantasy list and I meet people or go on dates with people who don't meet all of this criterion, then it, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be single forever and I'm going to be judging everybody. And I said, no, 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 no. The deal is the reason why we're doing this is so that we don't just take on a bunch of projects. I see people do this all the time. I talked about this a little bit earlier where we go, oh, that person has potential or we overlook the red flags. 
the things that mm, maybe bothered us a little bit or seemed like maybe they were being really rude to a waiter or somebody like that. To me, that's always a massive red flag about their character. Or maybe they spoke to you in a way where you kind of went, oh, that didn't seem right. Or, But we override it. We override those red flags. I like to call it the cognitive override where we kind of go, oh, no, no, it's not that serious because we haven't written down our criteria of what is and is not acceptable. So part of this exercise is you going clearly in your mind, these are the things that are okay, these are the things that are not, so that when you are out there dating and you do hear a red flag, you don't override it. You you take it for what it is and you go, you know what? I've already determined that that's not acceptable and that's not okay with me. And I'm going to choose to quit while I'm ahead and just move on right now instead of trying to improve this person or change them or magically hope that they get my hints, right? Now, the other thing that's really important to understand here is this doesn't mean you can't deviate from your list or you can't be surprised by someone. It's likely that your deal breakers, those are going to be the elements that you want to stick to your guns on, okay? Those are the things that... mm, It's not really negotiable for you to be honest or it's not really negotiable for you to have open and honest communication. It's not really negotiable for me to be with somebody who doesn't want to continue to grow or who doesn't value education. There things like that, right? Like you're going to have those deal breakers. Now, there's probably a bevy of things on your list that you didn't star, that you didn't put an asterisk by. Those are the things that it's like, eh. I'm okay if they're not (laughs) 6'4". I'm okay if they don't have blue eyes or a perfect head of hair. I would love that. That's my ideal. But it's not a deal breaker. But the red flags that you experience in a dating relationship are usually about your deal breakers. They're about your non-negotiables. Those are the things that we don't want to settle for. Now, there may be things on there that you did have as a deal breaker that after you got to know somebody, you realized that may not be as big of a deal to me as I once thought. And you get to decide in those moments, is it, is this really a deal breaker based off of all of the other things that I know about this person and and, and I'm falling in love with or really appreciate about them? For example, maybe you thought it was a deal breaker that they were close to their family and you meet somebody who is phenomenal in every way, but they came from a really toxic, abusive family. And in order to take care of themselves, they really had to sever that uh, allegiance to their family of origin. And as you've gotten to know this individual, you've kind of gone, hey, I get that and I come from this huge family and I would love for them to come from a huge family too, but I'm realizing now that that may not be a deal breaker. And then there may be other situations where you go, yeah, this is exactly why this is a deal breaker for me. I cannot, for myself, for example, I 
do not want children. I have never, ever wanted children. I was so clear on that from the beginning. That is 100% a non-negotiable for me. It always has been. Now, I have known other people in my life who that was the case for them as well. It was non-negotiable. They did not want children. And then they met somebody who made them think about that a little bit deeper and actually made the choice to have children and are truly happy and love love everything about those decisions. So I do think there's ways that we can change our perspective around our deal breakers. But here's what I do know to be true. If we don't have some sort of baseline or criteria or like, here's where I'm at at this place in my life, I'm willing and open to have my mind changed if it feels right to my spirit. But right now, here's what I'm looking for. If we don't have that, we just kind of either completely isolate and do jack shit and just don't go after anything, or we start settling. We settle for things. We take on the projects, like I mentioned. So this is an extremely valuable exercise. Again, if you have not grabbed your worksheets, you can find those at thejoyjunkie.com slash 401. And I truly hope that this has been helpful. This is something that I've discussed with a lot of students and clients over the years, of course. And this is also something that I guide people through when they work with me. Almost everyone who comes, well, everyone who comes to work through my Deep Down and Dirty program, which is my signature program that I teach, everybody is dealing with relationship issues, whether that is wanting to manifest a soulmate, wanting to know if they need to exit out of a relationship, wanting to... Uh, rectify something with a family member or sever a relationship with a family member. We're all constantly in relationship with other people. And that's truly what Deep Down and Dirty is about. It's about the internal belief and changing that internal perspective of I am enough, believing in your own worthiness, and the external component of Now, how does that relate to the outside world? How does that inform what I choose to tolerate inside relationships? How does that inform speaking up for myself, establishing boundaries, learning to communicate, having tough conversations, saying no? All of that is related to intimate partnerships. And it all crosses over. In fact, today I was just working with my students. They were, I was working with one on a family-related issue. And the other one was like, oh my gosh, this totally relates to the person that I'm working with. Because we are all in relationship and that involves communication and being really thoughtful about who we are being. So if you are at all interested in shifting that narrative that you are genuinely, truly enough, actually believing that instead of being riddled with self-doubt and perfectionism and people-pleasing, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop that will also be in the show notes. Have a watch through that workshop 
when you do that, at the very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a complimentary call with a member of my team where you can discuss exactly what you've been dealing with, what you've been up against, and if Deep Down and Dirty is a good investment for you. And you'll have all of the insight, all of the education around it, and then you can make that that really sound informed decision about if it's the ass kicking that you might need. So I'm hoping that that's helpful. Next week, we're going to be talking about jumping into the manifestation process. What does that look like to get into action and bring this list into existence? So I hope you join us for that episode. And I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. 